0: Good morning, everyone. Today we are studying parashat ekev. Beautiful parashat, very long and many, many very important beautiful parts in it. Uh, I I I will be jumping around, but um let, let's dig in. So the very beginning of the parashah, there's this idea of the an account for an account for fulfilling the mitzvot and listening to the word of Hashem as a reward or as a consequence, we will receive blessing. That's what the Torah tells us. So the Torah goes through all of the blessing of um, physical wealth and financial health, uh, financial um, well-being, and then having uh, health. So the Torah says, we'll be blessed. Uh, Your fields. Your trees, your fruits, your crop will be able to produce a, a lot. Um, all of your animals will be very fertile, you'll be very blessed. Uh, you won't have any barren uh, humans, meaning everyone will be able to have children, they won't have those challenges of uh, fertility. Challenges. Animals wouldn't have those problems. All sicknesses will be removed. People will be generally healthy. Um, And the Torah continues to give us these, like, this perfect, anything you could dream of, you would have. And that's all on account of following the Torah mitzvot. This is what Moshe Rabbeinu was telling the people, that they need to act properly, follow the guidelines of the Torah, and they'll receive blessings for it. And then he continues to say how you might think that while we had this journey in the desert, there were parts that were challenging. There was difficulties with the food. uh, There was difficulty with being in the desert. and what he stresses is that look this was a, a training process to to get you to understand and appreciate the benefits uh that you'll be walking into because now you'll be able to appreciate look for for 40 years as a nation as a people we didn't have anything now that we have a land now that we have a place to live now that we have cropped you'll you'll appreciate it a lot more so what he's explaining to him is like don't think that this was done for no reason the process is very important because now you'll come to appreciate it. And he says that, uh, for example, he says further, the fact that food fell from heaven, that you had the man falling from the sky. There was a reason for that. There could have been other ways of doing it because the man, for us to internalize and acknowledge that it's not just the the um, physical it's not you don't have to go after the money and and the food the physicality if god wants you to be uh well and he wants to provide food from the heavens for you he can it's not that he's going to continue to do this again this is almost like a training period but it's for us to internalize that look you don't need to worry about par-nasah, you don't need to worry about food you don't need to worry about livelihood God could provide it to you from just falling from the sky. And this experience that they're going through should be a metaphor and should be something for them to know that quite literally, God will provide for us in the future, not the same way, but he will provide for us in other ways. Okay, and then the Torah says very beautiful things about the land of Israel. The Torah says uh, it's a land called Ba. The land is not lacking anything, anything you could dream of. The land has, it's a very beautiful land. It has very uh, rich natural resources. The food is amazing. You have uh, wheat, barley, grapes, figs, pomegranates. You have uh, olives and um, dates. And these are the different fruits that the land is praised through expressing what foods and fruits you could get in the land of Israel. And the Torah tells us something amazing. The Torah says, okay, you're going to go eat this. Go eat it and enjoy it. You know, these past 40 years, the nation has been in the desert and they've been eating the same man that's falling from heaven every day. You're going to go in the land of Israel. You're going to get a whole variety of different foods. I want you to go and enjoy it. To have the best time in the world enjoying it. But when you're done, thank God. There's, this is what you call Burkata uh, Mazon. Mikat Amazon is after we eat a meal, we thank Hashem for it. It's a very intuitive mitzvah. This, it's one of the 613 mitzvah that after someone finishes having a meal, afterwards they thank Hashem. And we have a text to read called the Berkat Amazon. And it's very intuitive mitzvah. Why? Because let's say it's just a very simple idea. Someone has a parent or someone has a spouse. A spouse brings them food or a parent brings them food. Okay. And you don't say thank you. You eat it. You enjoy it. you lick off the, You wipe off the plate, but you don't say thank you. Okay, maybe next time, you know, like uh, uh, the love of a mother sometimes is irrational. So don't think about that. Think about it as as a spouse or a friend or a roommate. You give them food and you don't say thank you. Okay, maybe next time they'll do it. After three, four, five times, ten times, you don't say thank you. They're going to they're going to at the very uh, least, they're going to start feeling some resentment. The worst, they're going to say, I'm not giving you anymore. And so it's very intuitive uh, mitzvah of just basic appreciation of a, of human respect someone gives you something you say thank you same thing god is telling us or moshe is telling us you're going to enter the land of israel and you're going to now start having a variety of different foods a variety of different experiences don't forget that right now you've been in the desert without anything and understand that these are gifts and appreciate and count your blessings and when you receive your blessings thank god for it through the mitzvah it's a very beautiful mitzvah and it also develops this um this character trait of having a basic uh, appreciation, which is extremely important. The next section, section two, uh, Aliyat sheni, speaks about now what might happen at the opposite extreme of that. Now that you enter the land and then you start building yourself houses, you're going to build houses, you're going to live there, you're going to start amassing wealth. You're gonna have a lot of cattle, your businesses will start to boom. Kesiv is a belach, you'll have gold, you'll have silver, you'll start becoming very successful. And then you're gonna to come to forget me, God says. Or Moshe says that you will come to forget God. This entire journey, this Moshe is speaking to a nation of slaves that has come out of the land of Egypt, miraculously, wandering in the desert has been able to make it through for 40 years. Having the water, having the shelter, having the food, everything was provided for them. Now they're going to enter their land and they might come to forget God and say, okay, thank you, God, for getting me to my final destination. I'm good. See you later. But again, what Moshe is telling you is telling Am Yisrael is you might think that it's you. Don't forget God in your life. Don't forget that the times of blessing, it's very easy to forget God because everything is going well. When someone is struggling, then they start praying and they start questioning God, why do you do this to me? And then they start feeling that relationship with God more. But when everything is successful, you might come to forget. Mosha is saying, don't do that. Understand and appreciate that the blessings that you have, appreciate them, enjoy them, and thank God for them and acknowledge that they come from it. That's what the Torah tells us here. Very beautiful this idea of keeping you grounded keeping you humble not letting the the wealth make you arrogant and forget who you are forget what your background is it's a very very important lesson for us all to be aware of but then the Torah uh, continues Meshur Rabinu goes through the story of how he went and he got the tablets he went up on Har Sinai uh, and he got the Luchot, ab, luchot the, with Aserta de after forty days, he brought him down, and he saw Am Yisrael was sitting with the chetahega, with the golden calf. So he shattered the Lukot. and at that time Hashem had told Moshe, "I'm going to destroy the people and start start a new nation with you, Moshe." And Moshe said, "I went up to Har Sinai, having this like debate with God for another forty days and nights. I didn't eat, I didn't drink, forty days, just trying to beg for forgiveness on your behalf, and God finally agreed." So I went up for a third set of 40 days to take the tablets and have them engraved with the serzah and the varim and then come down again. So he went up once, came back with the tablets, that was for 40 days. Then he went up again a second time to beg for forgiveness. So as the nation not to be destroyed for what they did by serving a golden calf and saying, this is the God that took us out of Egypt. And then once God had agreed, then he went up for a third set of 40 days to get the second set of tablets and he brings them and he puts them in the iron. He puts them in the ark. And, uh, he, he goes through the history of that. Again, What he's trying to, uh, uh, make the people aware of is that we're human. We falter. We make mistakes. We come out of Egypt. We saw these miracles with our own eyes. A couple of days later, a couple of weeks later, we made an idol and started bowing down to a statue and saying, this is our God. He's trying to make, again, keep us grounded, keep us humble. Don't let things get to your head. Remember where your background is. Remember where you came from. You're going to be successful, but don't forget God. Okay, very important messages for everyone uh, in in all of our lives. The next section, Al Chamishi, very beautiful section where Moshe Rabbeinu lays out. And there's a famous story. I think I've said this story. I think I say it every year. It's a very fun story and it's very important. So there's a very important line. Let me read it to you. I'll tell you Now, Israel, Moshe is speaking to the nation. What is God asking of you? For everything that he's giving you, what does he even want from you? What is he asking of you? And then he starts listing out what God asks of him. To fear him. To go in all of his ways. To, to love him. By the way, to go in all of his ways. Um, our sages derive what that means it means just as god is merciful you should be merciful just as god um, acts in certain ways by he goes and he visits the sick the same way how god visited abraham Avinu, when abraham Avinu was sick so you should also visit the sick and they give different examples this idea of following his ways is a general uh, mitzvah of um, general moral character traits and qualities that you should be Meaning, it's not a tangible uh, go shake the lulav and put on your tefillin, which is like very uh, like there's something very fixed. But this is the, they explain it to give us some guidance as to what it means. It's being kind to others, doing mitzvot, and 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 acting in proper ways w- with with others around us. So again, Moshe says, what is God asking of you? Akim le'ira to fear Him, to go in all of His ways, to love Him, to serve Him with your entire heart and soul. To keep all of the mitzvot, and there's type, different types of mitzvot. There's mitzvot you understand, mitzvot you don't understand. To keep all of them, everything that I'm commanding to you, the tovlach for your own benefit. So there's a lot of discussion on this line because it's somewhat uh, tongue in cheek, right? Moshe Rabbeinu saying, Is what does God want from you except for, and he gives this whole list. And each list is something that you could spend a lifetime doing. What was Moshe Rabbeinu asking? So I'll tell you the way the Talmud explains it. There's a very interesting Gemara. I want to explain to you what the Gemara says, and I also want to tell you what the Ramban says. The Talmud focuses on the first uh, requirement on Moshe's list. He says, what does God want from you other than to fear him? So the Gemara says, hold on a second, is fearing God something small? It's something big? It's like having in your mind at all times that God is, is there, to know that you're uh you're not free to do whatever you want and that you should keep yourself and you should always imagine that there's someone watching you there's something watching you everything you're doing is being recorded that's not an easy task to do so gemara says is it a small task to fear god and the gemara says you know what for Moshe Rabbeinu, it was a small task for the people it wasn't so easy it was a very difficult task, but for him it was small this is what the gemara says and it's the same as the gemara says it's like let's say someone has like a whole collection of pots and pans and they have everything of every single size. And you ask him for a small cup. Like, yeah, I'll give you the small cup. I have everything. I have an entire kitchen full. Of, I have a cabinet. And you go, yeah, here, here's a small cup. So something something small is really not such a big deal. But then if you go to someone who doesn't ha- have anything, someone that doesn't have a kitchen, doesn't have any supplies, let's say they're traveling and they're in a hotel without, without a kitchen or anything, you ask him for the small cup. He doesn't have it. doesn't matter how small it is. It doesn't matter how simple it is in your collection of everything that you have. He he just doesn't have it. So it's like for someone like Moshe Rabbeinu, eh, fear is nothing. It's like something small. But for other people, it's very difficult. But there's an obvious question on this Gemara. There's a Gemara that's quoted in Barachot. and a Gemara that's quoted in Rosh Hashanah. Like Moshe couldn't understand that people were different than him. Was he... Was he so out of tune with the nation that he would say, oh, this is easy. And the Talmud says, yeah, for him it was easy. Okay, but he wasn't talking to himself. He was talking to the people. Why would he say it's easy when he's talking to them? So I'll tell you what the answer of the Gemara says. Or it's actually the Gemara doesn't say it, but this is one of the explanations of the Talmud. Moshe Rabbeinu was trying to express that this is easy. Not that he's out of tune to say that hey you guys could do this very easily just like I could do it you could do it but it's more to show the nation that it's attainable that there are things that might seem out of reach but with time it's doable and I've gotten to a point in my life that through work it's easy for me you know it's like you're trying to teach a child to drive and the kid doesn't understand anything doesn't know where the pedals are doesn't know which ways to look for the mirrors doesn't know which way what they have the way they have to stop they don't know anything but then you tell them no no it's easy it's easy like don't worry you're gonna get it it's easy and you say well it's easy for you because you've been driving forever it's not easy for me i'm not saying that since it's easy for me it's going to be easy for you now but i'm saying you can do it i'm saying with time believe in yourself that this is something that you can achieve that's what Moshe Rabbeinu was saying. He's saying, guys, what is God asking of you other than to fear him? It's not that he doesn't understand that it's a difficult task. Is that he's trying to express that it's doable. You can do it. This is one understanding of the Gemara. I want to tell you the explanation of the Ramban. Again, the Ramban focuses on the entire line. The Talmud says this line that Moshe says, hey, what is God asking of you other than to fear him, to love him, to serve him, to do all of his mitzvot, to walk in all of his ways? The Gemara just picks on the first line of fear, which you, can ex- you could expand that to all of the points. that he, made, he said it's easy so that you know that you can, you can do it. But the Ramban says the focus of the, of the line should really be on the last two words. What are the last two words? The tov lach. It's for your own benefit. Moshe is saying, what is God asking of you other than to do all of these things for your own good? It's not for him. It's for you. This famous story that I love saying, and I, again, I say it every year, and I'll say it every year, um, the story is like a, a parable with a doctor, right? A person uh, is in terrible health, uh, shape physically, so his wife is there, and his wife supports him and pushes him and says, you have to go see a doctor. He says, I don't want to. I don't believe the doctors are. They're all about money. He says, no, look. Do this for me. Go see a doctor. So he goes and sees a doctor. He runs the blood test, does the lab work. The doctor is there doing his physical examination. And he says, all right, doc, what's going on? Tell me, tell me what you think. And then he says, look, um, tell me what you eat. Tell me the type of foods that he eats. And he says, oh, I, I uh, love frying foods. I love fry. I eat, I eat fried food for breakfast. Oh, sugary drinks are my favorite uh you know what about exercise do you do any exercise yeah the exercise i do is uh, chewing the food that's pretty much it or maybe like moving the remote that's my extent of my exercise what about your sleep Uh, i don't know i'm usually up until 3 a.m watching netflix and then i get up whenever i want to get up and doesn't have a good sleeping doesn't exercise doesn't watch what he's what about drinking oh yeah i drink all the time what about smoking yeah i have a couple packs a day terrible shape everything about what he's doing is wrong So the doctor reviews his case, and the doctor says to him very uh, sternly and assertively, saying, Look, the fact that you're alive today is a miracle because, based on everything I know, you should be dead or you will be dying very soon. So, what? Said, You need to clean up your act. You need to. Bring down your intake of carbs. You need to bring down your intake of cholesterol. Your cholesterol is through the roof. You have to start bringing down red meat. The alcohol, you have to start controlling your intake. You have to go through a process to start quitting smoking. You now need to exercise every single day, an hour a day. You need to start getting in some activity. You have to start going to sleep at a certain time, waking up the next morning at uh, the right time. Give yourself a thing. You need to start having a high-fiber diet and start having salads and no more of this uh, oil, nothing that's fried. So the guy goes home to his wife, and his wife says to him, "How was the doctor? I heard he's a good doctor. Tell me how was it." It's like you don't understand. This doctor is out of his mind. Why do you say that? You know what it is. This doctor hates me. There's something about this doctor. Maybe he's jealous of me. There's something, and maybe he's he's jealous of the life that I built. He really doesn't like me. Because he's giving me such a hard time. He's like, What do you mean? What is he giving you a hard time? He's telling me I can't eat uh, red meat anymore. He's telling me I can't drink alcohol anymore. He's telling me I can't smoke anymore. He's telling me I have to start exercising. He doesn't like me. He just wants me to suffer. And the wife says to him, You fool. All of this that he's asking, he's not asking it for him. This has nothing to do with him. It's for you. Yeah, you have a long list. But what is he asking of you other than to do things that's for your own benefit? This is the way the Ramban explains this line. Mashura Binu tells the nation, what is God asking of you other than to do all of these things for your own benefit? This isn't for, for God. This is for you to become a more complete person, to refine your character traits, to be someone that is kind to others, giving to others, that follows the Torah its mitzvot, understands what's correct in life, understands the truth in this ocean, this world that's confusing and people don't know the truth. You'll stay grounded. You'll know what's correct. Giving you the lifeline to be able to succeed in this world—that's what God is asking of us. So this is a, a beautiful mashal to help us understand that really the mitzvot are there, and the Torah is there to guide us, to provide guidance for us, because we don't know what's the right thing to do. We're confused, and the Torah is there as our source to to give us guidance, to know how to act the proper way, to know how to behave with others, to know how to interact with others, the one people around us, to know how to develop our relationships. Uh, and, and so it's a very, very beautiful message uh, that the Ramban explains from this week's parasha. There's a lot more in the parasha. Um, let me just say one more thing, and then we'll we'll stop there. Uh, the, the Shema Israel that we recite every day, there are three paragraphs. There's the first paragraph, which is Shema Israel and Ve'ahavta, right? That's the first paragraph. That is in Parashat Vayetchanan, last week's parasha. The second paragraph of Shema is called Vihayaim Shamo Atishme'u, that is from this week's parashat, parashat Ekev. Aliyat of parashat Ekev. The last paragraph of Shema Israel, which is Vayomer, the one that has to do with Tzitzit, that is from parashat Shalach Lecha, which we read a couple weeks ago. Okay, so the way our sages explain is that the Shema Israel is made up of these three components. Why? Because the first paragraph of Shema, which is Shema Israel Adonai Adonai echad. Uh, understanding and meditating on the fact that God exists, that we believe in a God and that he is one God and knowing that everything comes from him. That's the first paragraph of Shema Yisrael. In other words, it's like a pledge of allegiance to God to say that I know that you're running. I know that you're there. I know that you exist, which is already a statement saying that I know that God exists and I know that God is one. There are different parts. I know that there aren't multiple gods. I believe in one and I believe that he is all powerful and I, I, I am Stating that. That's the first paragraph of Shema Yisrael. The second paragraph is shamo'at That's accepting to do the, the word of God. To follow the Torah. To listen to the words. Uh, to accept upon ourselves. To do the mitzvot. So our sages explained the first paragraph is called Kabbalat O Chut Shema'im. Accepting uh, the belief of God. The second one is accepting to do his mitzvot. Those are the first two paragraphs of the Shema Israel, And that's what we have in this week's parasha of V'hayam Shema. is that second paragraph of us accepting to do Mitzvot, which is the theme of this parasha, right? The theme of this parasha is you do the Mitzvot, you get the reward. You do the Mitzvot, it's for your own benefit. You do the Mitzvot, it's a form of accepting God because you're accepting to do what he asks us to do. So it's like kind of very much connected to stating that you believe in God. The last paragraph of Shema, I'll explain, the reason we say it is because of the last line the last line is uh i'm god who brought you out of egypt and the idea is that we never want to forget our humble beginnings that we were a slave nation we were not uh, a very powerful nation we were guests in someone else's home we were being oppressed and being mistreated and god brought us out of there Uh, and so as never to forget our humble beginnings Um, This is something we say every single day and to appreciate God, to appreciate the blessings, to counter blessings, which, again, is very much in the theme of this week's parasha, where we're going to enter the land. Don't forget God. Don't forget the blessings. Make sure you thank him. So you could see there's a lot of very fundamental uh, core principles of our faith in this week's parasha. It's really very beautiful, parasha. It's very important to, to be aware of these things and to remind ourselves of these constantly, because even though we know it, it's very easy for us to forget. So Be'ezul may we always internalize that the blessings we have are coming from God and that we should always appreciate the blessings we have. Never let it to get, get to our head, to remember our humble beginning uh, beginnings and hopefully by understanding and recognizing that, the, that we're blessed and to count our blessings, may the blessings continue to pour on us. With that, I'll pause to see if anyone has any questions. Feel free to ask if you have one. Okay, no questions? Okay, what's up there, tov. Have a great week everyone. See you next week in good health. Take care.